Alrighty. Hello, everybody. Uh, good morning, good evening, good noon, good night. What the heck does Shruti say? I don't know. She's not here this week, so we're just going to make up the rules and uh, go along with that, right? I'm Nick Sutrick. I am... I don't even remember my title anymore. I work at Android Central. So do the rest of the folks on the uh, the call here. We got Derek Lee. How you doing, Derek? Hi, everyone. And uh, Michael Hicks. Hello. All right. And Gary Hildebrand. Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? Fantastic. So... On this week of the Android Central podcast, we're going to talk about wearables first. We got a bunch of stuff going on in the wearables world. Uh, we're going to start first with Michael's Fitbit Charge 6 review. And we're also going to talk about the Pixel Watch 2 review. I know Andrew is not here this week to talk about his review, but I think the rest of us can probably cover it a bit. I've certainly used it for a while, and uh, I think the rest of you are familiar enough with it to talk about it. So. Michael, you want to uh, to lead off with your Charge 6 review and just kind of give us a, a brief overview of what it is, what it does, what you liked and what you didn't? I can keep it very brief, especially if any of you have used or know of the Charge 5, because the Charge 6 is a Charge 5. Uh, wow. I mean, That's exciting. you take the Charge 5, the exact <laughs> form factor, the dimensions are exactly the same, the weight is the same, the look is the same, you add a little haptic button on the side, which I do really like. That actually is an important change. And then you just add Google inside. You add uh, Google Maps. You add Google Wallet. You add YouTube Music. You add a Google algorithm that makes it better at understanding heart rate data. And that's it. I mean, essentially, there are no other changes. The sensors are the same. The built-in GPS is the same. The antenna for that is the same. And I mean, I can talk about what I thought about it. I mean, it's not a problem for me necessarily because the Charge 5 was a good tracker. And so that hasn't necessarily changed. You don't need to change things for the sake of changing it. But I am still curious what you all think about the idea of waiting two years to release a new product that's not really new. And it's just sort of adding Google behind the scenes and whether or not you think that's enough because there are some things aside from the haptic button that i would have changed if i were over at fitbit besides uh the updated what, fitness sensor um like health tracking stuff um i mean i feel like a lot of this stuff like could have just been a software update um so it is a little weird that yeah that google waited two years to just release the same product with a button Right. Well, I have a, a quick thought on that, which is just the, the hardware inside of any fitness tracker or fitness watch is always really optimized to hit an exact battery life total. So the Charge 5, whatever CPU or RAM or whatever little bit of tech in, is inside of there was perfectly calibrated to last enough time to hit those benchmarks. So it's probable that inside there, there, there has to be some kind of change to the CPU to make it capable of doing more, like with the apps, and the Charge 5 maybe wouldn't be capable of doing that with its current hardware without the battery life dipping to five days or four days. And so then, do you update the old Charge 5 with that, knowing it'll kind of brick the experience for people who bought it for a long battery life? Yeah, that, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, and I, I would assume if it's newer, you know, especially two years newer, then yeah, it probably is using a different chip because 
most of these chip manufacturers don't make them for that long, right? They'll make them for maybe 18 months and then it's done. And, and I think we've seen in other products before where they'll use a newer chip in the next product and it's like, we'll say an entry-level phone and the performance is worse than the previous product in, in certain ways, right? And it's because uh, that's the only chip that's available at that price point. It doesn't really matter if it's, you know, quote, better, as far as like daily stuff goes, it does something different from the previous chip. So the manufacturer dropped the old chip, is doing the new chip, probably at a different, uh, you know, manufacturing level. It went from like eight nanometers to six or something like that, right? But other things might have changed that aren't as great. Um, but this sounds like a pretty good upgrade. And I know for me, I don't know about you all, but I have seen more people use fitness trackers lately, like almost like they've decided they don't want the whole smartwatch thing. They just need a fitness tracker. And so they, they are now wearing something that's a little less uh, obtrusive on their wrists. Like it's, it's just not as big of a deal, especially when they're working out, right? And this is usually where I notice it is at the gym. I've seen people sort of go back to fitness trackers and I, I thought it's fascinating. Well, Michael, I have one, one question I want to ask you because you're, you're more familiar with these types of products than any of the rest of us is the google additions to the software worth 75 bucks or should people just buy a 75 dollar xiaomi fitness tracker okay so the good question i mean if you look at the three google things that are added google wallet the only difference between that and fitbit pay is that you can just use whatever card is already in your google pay which is convenient and it's good to keep your card in less pla fewer places, but not necessarily a game changer. The tech is the same. Google Maps is useful to have on your wrist if you like keeping your phone in your pocket. You can't use it without your phone. So that's just the main thing to remember. And then YouTube Music, it is, it's fine if you use YouTube Music, but this is one of the things that annoyed me actually about this tech is any fitness tracker, any $50 fitness tracker has playback controls where you can control your music and it is platform agnostic. You don't need to have it be specific to YouTube music unless you're trying to sell YouTube music for your parent company. So <laughs> right. that does nothing for me. Um, I, I, I asked them about that and they said, yeah, we're just trying to, they were pretty honest about it. Like we just are trying to really push the best experience which to us is YouTube music. I'm like, okay, sure. It's the same. They're all music. But um, yeah, I think the reason why you are getting this tracker compared to an AmazeFit or a Xiaomi is if you really like the idea of Fitbit Premium and having all of your data fed to you in this really accessible way, and if you want just sort of a polish to the software, because I still, you know, use these AmazeFit trackers that have translation errors and awkward text because it's really designed for a different language that looks different from English. And so the way that the words just sort of have to flow across the page to fit it all in because it's meant to be horizontal. Like it just, it just looks better. Like the little icons for everything is just very neat and colorful and cute on a Fitbit. And it's a familiar brand and it connects to your products better maybe. I don't know, really. I mean, you could still just get a $50 tracker if all you're doing is checking, like, 
having something check your calorie burn day by day. Yeah. Well, well, my next question was about Fitbit Premium, and you answered that. So this is probably the tracker you want to buy if you want to use Fitbit Premium. Yeah. And I, I think, like you're saying, <clears throat> putting that data um, in Fitbit's platform is probably what makes the most sense. You know, if, if you're looking to continue subscribing to Fitbit Premium or uh, want to jump on that and get all those extra metrics and stuff, this is probably the best way to do it. And I, I have a hard time personally deciding to spend $10 a month on Fitbit Premium. I, I know the data is probably worth it to some people. Um, you know, I work out regularly, but I don't know that I really need that much data on myself. I'm really not sure that it would affect what I do every day enough to spend that money. It depends on how you need to be guided, I guess. I mean, do you need a lot of help figuring out what to do or how ready your body is to handle certain things? Or do you want to see months of data or just the last week? I mean, right. That that's sort of the question. I don't know if I'd want to pay for it myself. I've gotten kind of spoiled by other brands like Garmin that give you stuff for free. Um, but also I do think Fitbit premium has a value to people. I'm not going to say it's not worth it to some people. So, so here's my question about data, right? So, uh, like you said, you're talking months of data and we know that Google's really good at aggregating this data at presenting it to you in ways that make it meaningful versus just, Oh, I can go back 10 months and see what my heart rate was or whatever. Right. Does this thing support stuff like AFib detection, any of those things that you would need additional long-term data for to be able to accurately say to somebody, hey, this looks like a problem. You have never done this. This part of your body has never worked like this. You might want to get this checked out. Like, Does this tracker do that or no? Yeah, Fitbit does active and passive AFib detection. I mean, the main thing is if you want this device, you're going to need to want to do sleep tracking because during the day, It'll track your heart rate normally, and you can take active ECG readings, but the main health data you're getting is at night because that's when it tracks uh, passive AFib to see if there's any heart rhythm issues. It tracks breathing rate, it tracks, tracks skin temperature, it tracks blood oxygen, and something else that I'm forgetting. But, um, oh, heart rate, heart rate variance. Heart rate variance, which is about like stress levels and other things. So. That's all stuff it does passively. You can't take active readings of it, but it'll tell you when you know, you're sleeping at night. And unlike other stuff, like other watches that just come loose from your wrist at night because they're too big, the charge actually stays on your wrist. So like this is the most accurate sleep data I've gotten on a tracker compared to other stuff. So, but I also, I'm one of those weirdos that hates sleeping with watches on or even comfortable charge. The charge is the one I would do, but I just, don't like it in general. So that's why it's not necessarily for me because I just don't even want to do sleep tracking. But if you I do, am the same way, I am the same way. And I, and I have worn many watches throughout the years uh, while I'm sleeping. You know, I'll, I'll use them for a few nights and then I just stop. And I don't really have a reason necessarily. Maybe it is a comfort level thing. Maybe it's a hassle thing. I don't know. I mean, you know, with, with most of the smartwatches, you have to make sure they're charged before you go to bed. And if you forgot, then, well, I'm not going to stay up another 45 minutes to charge this dumb thing so I can track my sleep, right? I'm just going to bed. Whereas something like this should last long enough. You really shouldn't run into that problem unless 
you really ignored the the battery life, right? Yeah, no, yeah. It it even doesn't even use that much battery overnight. It would it'll use like a couple of percentage from what I remember. So right, yeah, yeah. I mean, most smartwatches don't use that much either. But you know, still, if I would say like a Pixel watch, when I'm hitting the end of the day, I'm you know I'm typically twenty percent, maybe a little bit lower, and that probably would kill it overnight. Michael, does it expose all the sleep tracking stuff? without a Fitbit premium subscription? Uh, yes, I just think the main thing you're not getting is the scores. Like you get a, okay. a stress score, a sleep score, a daily readiness score, but you can, I think, still actually just check individual days of like, what was your breathing rate compared to the past week? And I could see, oh, it's sticking around 15 breaths per minute and it doesn't change that much, good to know. So if I ever saw it, it was like 12, I'd wake up and go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, because right. see, and I, I, I'm the opposite of you, Nick. I, I, I require sleep tracking. I've got neurological damage, and a, a smartwatch or a fitness tracker is much more comfortable than the device a doctor will give you that straps around your chest with a big elastic band. So yeah, I, I definitely wear my smartwatch at night, and I would. You know, the, the the Garmin you turned me on to is wonderful. It gives me, I don't know how accurate the results are, but they're consistent. And they seem consistent with what I'm feeling. So I call it good. I'd like to try another device that's pretty good at it. So maybe I'll look into trying one of these. I'd love to know what you think. See how they compare. Agreed. Um, I thought on the hardware side it was interesting because this thing is uh, swim proof, right? It's, it's uh, resistant down to 50 meters but it's not shower proof like some others are. What? And I thought that's the what other the, interesting thing. That's what it said on Fitbit's own help page. What? How do you pull that off? How can it be accurate 50 meters under, or safe 50 meters underwater, but not safe if water sprinkles on it? Google, you dumb. Because you get soap and lotions and shampoo on ah, it, and that's okay. going to mess up the Jerry, whatever materials they use to protect it and against the, And then water. the water velocity, too. Generally, you're not swimming as fast as the shower water is probably hitting your watch, right? But <laughs> I'm definitely for- not. I sink like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the bottom then- of the 50 meters in my little chair screaming, help, help. <laughs> and then the other half of this is they claim it works up to 28,000 feet. Or between 14 to 113 degrees Fahrenheit, which, you know, it's like slightly, a little bit, a little bit below freezing and essentially Phoenix in the summer. Right. But you say like, okay, so are you going to go up to Mount Everest, which is, you know, probably that height limit, right? And uh, somehow it's not going to be below freezing. Like, what? Exactly. Yeah, 28,000 is K2, but I thought Everest was more (laughs) like recognizable. But 28,000, isn't that? airplane height i mean it doesn't really matter i guess the point is if you're going to take this on the top of a mountain that's that high it's probably going to be below right the threshold for freezing on this which is hilarious that i'm just wondering if it was that. important to work at twenty-eight thousand for you know like gps tracking on a plane maybe you're a, a flight attendant or something mm. that makes sense and now i'm feeling a bit foolish for not realizing that's what they meant I could be wrong. Just when you talk about that high, that's the first thing I thought of. Maybe planes fly higher than that. I don't know. 
Well, but the cabin's pressurized, so I think this is more like atmospheric pressure up there is different from down at, you know, oh. zero to 5,000 feet where a normal city would be. I thought it was would be centered around GPS signals. Right. That makes sense. I just I just thought it was a funny notion thinking of a, you know, a mountain climber going up the top of Mount Everest wearing a charge six. <laughs> I just, it's not going to last up there. No, they got one of them $5,000 solid gold Garmin watches right. on. Yes. <laughs> so sticking to the Fitbit theme, we have the Pixel Watch 2 now. And it's been out for a month. Um, I used it for a little while before I sent it to Andrew. He's actually sending it back to me so I can do more fitness tracking tests and stuff like that with it. Um, but I know I was very happy with it. Um, I still wear my original Pixel Watch. I still love the thing. I know it's got some issues. Um, Pixel Watch 2 will fix... A few of those. Um, I don't really have any performance issues with this watch, but I do have the occasional connectivity issue. I'm hoping that gets sorted out. Like, I'll notice sometimes that I don't have a notification that I just got on my phone and I'll have to reboot the watch. But that's, that's really only been recently. I haven't had that issue, I would say, for 11 out of the 12 months that I've owned the thing, or maybe 10 out of the 12, right? Like, it's, it's still pretty new. and Hopefully that gets fixed, whatever the heck happened there. Um, and it, based on Andrew's review, it doesn't really seem like battery life is all that much better. I, I think I expected a little more. I mean, maybe my, my personal use will differ. Um, I'm looking at mine right now, and I'm, I'm sitting at 81%, and it's almost 1 p.m. You know, I took the thing off the charger this morning at uh, 8, I guess, when I, when I got up and started working. So that's, that's pretty good. And even if I do like a regular workout tracking, which I'll do later. I don't typically end the day below 40%, I think. So like the original Pixel Watch battery life is fine to me. I don't know if any of you have used it long enough to, to be able to tell. I've personally not used a Pixel Watch, um, so I couldn't really say. I just know based off, like based on my experience with Wear OS watches, like the Fossil, um, like those can barely get through a day. Like I need to charge it at least once in the middle of the day, which is quite annoying. Um, but I mean, yeah, my, terrible. <laughs> but my Galaxy Watch uh, Five um, gets me through the day and then some, which I enjoy. Like it seems like Andrew, um, like it seems like he has to charge his like before he goes to bed, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, but I mean, cause like my, my galaxy watch, sometimes that's the case, but also oftentimes I can get by not charging it and still like wearing it while I sleep. Um, so I can track my sleeping, which I enjoy. And from, um, Andrew's review, it seems like that's something he likes to do as well. Um, but one thing he does point out is that like the charging is fast enough that it almost doesn't matter. Which is kind of how I feel, like some like, I like with the fossil watches. Yes, it's annoying having to charge in the middle of the day, but like they charge incredibly fast, like to the point where I almost like don't really care that the battery life isn't great, um, because it's 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 stupid fast. Like I'll I'll wake up to like a dead watch, and I'll like get ready in like five, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever. And it'll be like, it'll be almost full or full. And I'm just like, how, how is that possible? This is the Galaxy um, Watch? 
No, that's a, that's a fossil watch. Oh, it's the fossil. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, uh, which I know you have experience with as well. Uh, and so, it uh, with my Galaxy Watch, it's almost like it's not as fast, but it's still like fast enough to where like if I have to charge it before I go to bed, it'll like you know by the time I'm like all right fully ready to go to sleep, it'll be charged. Um, so I'm not that worried about the Pixel Watch battery life. You know, like if I can get away with having always on display on, which with my Galaxy Watch, I don't. I have like the tilt to wake, which I know still uses more battery. But um, if I can have the always on display on, then and like still get through like pretty much a full day, then I'd be not like I wouldn't complain as much like yes multi multi-day battery life would be nice yeah but that's the thing it is you feel like it's a good trade it's worth having to charge it once a day because you can leave it on and you can it does all this stuff for you so that's the way I see it I you know you have to charge your smartwatch every day that's just how it is because sure. it's like your, your smartwatch phone. offers you so much right yeah I charge my watch when I charge my phone I don't I don't have to do them separately, which is why it doesn't bother me, because I just do it at the same time. I charged my watch Saturday, and I might have to charge it again Saturday. <laughs> Garmin has has it tied up, but again, they don't offer all of that always on. You know, there is an always on display mode, and it does use a little bit more battery, but this isn't exactly a smartwatch. Yeah, you're not getting all the smarts. Right, but at the same time... My my Garmin that I used was at 10%. I said, oh, shoot. I charged it for five minutes. It was at 28%. And then I went running with it, and it was at 26, 25. Yeah, yeah you're so good like, to Wednesday, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you can get just the, you know, when you charge a, an actual smartwatch and you get 50% in 30 minutes, that's great. But that's good for, like, you know, half a day, maybe. Especially if you're doing active stuff, whereas... Yeah, a dumb watch. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, people who are getting wearable watches aren't, like, your kind of people, Michael. Like, That's fair. We're not, we're not marathoners. Um, so, like, so we don't necessarily need, like, it'd be nice to have the multi-day battery watch, like, the week-long battery life, but... It's not a requirement, um, yeah. Yeah, because we, we want it for the smarts. We want it uh, just so we can, like not have our phone with us on our occasional run um you know when when i'm when i'm at the gym i like i like uh being able to uh track my workouts and yes it'll use a ton of battery life but being able to track my workouts and like um and still like not have to constantly have my phone open you know yes Uh, because my watch is right there yeah and i get notifications too and that that's really big deal for me and i have my my keep notes on there so when we're doing something, I can pull up my notes and see, oh, what was my, you know, my weight record on this thing? Can I beat it this time? Like, and I don't have to go over to the lockers and grab my phone and look at it. Like, I just look at my watch, and it's nice to have that. I'm curious, just quickly, like, that it says, Google says that the Pixel Watch and Pixel Watch 2 can last 8 to 10 hours with GPS tracking. I'm very skeptical on that. I'm wondering if that's something that you could test. Yeah, that, that sounds like it needs testing. Yeah, I could definitely test that. Um, I wore 37 Google watches and ran 10,000 miles. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Strap them to your ankles. and Jeez. The... I, 
I know for me, when I was using it, there were there were three things that stood out. Two of them are battery related. Um, number one is that it ships with always on display enabled. That is a huge difference between the first and the second gen because when you open up the box the first gen, you set it up and put it on your wrist, that's off. It's just tilt to wake, right? If you put always on display on, you'll be charging that thing at two in the afternoon, okay? It, it does not do well. Pixel Watch 2, on the other hand, it's enabled by default, and you get a full day with always on display on. So while it doesn't look like the battery life is better on paper, like, I, again, I look at Andrew's review, and the numbers look the same as mine. The difference is he's had always on display on the whole day, and I don't. Mm -hmm. See, I, I'm almost, like, I get, like, yeah, like, always on display on a, on a watch is nice because, like, on a, you know, analog watch, it's always there. Uh, like the time and whatnot, but honestly, like I like the tilt to the tilt to wake, cause I'm I'm not gonna need my <laughs> smartwatch to be just like displaying everything while I'm not looking at it. And when I look at it, it's pretty good at like automatically just turning on when I tilt it towards me. Yeah, I I feel you. I wish they made that better so it worked every time. I mean, for me, it works, I'd say, 90 to 95% of the time. Yeah, but that time it doesn't work is like when you've got grocery bags in your arms or something. <laughs> yeah. But I, I yeah, yeah I, my watch doesn't need to be on if nobody can see it. Just really quickly, I, I think Tilt to Wake uses less battery than the always on, I think. So um, it does on the original pixel watch. <laughs> yeah. And, but still more than like, if you didn't have it on, obviously, but, um, so that's, that's why I kind of like, I see it as like the, the middle ground between them. Yeah. And, and I want the always on display for the reasons that Jerry said, cause I've run into that so many times or I'll tilt it and it's not enough or I didn't tilt it strong enough or something. And it's just, I'm staring at a blank face and I'm going, really, I gotta, I gotta, touch the crown i gotta tap this really just is annoying it kind of defeats the purpose of having the stupid thing on my wrist yeah i, I wiggle my arm yes, if it doesn't dumb. work the first time I, I hate to be persnickety about that but i'm like if i'm gonna use this thing like i want it to that is not how i want to use it yeah no i get it <laughs> but um yeah i mean i again like i'm not mad at the pixel watch battery life um i mean everything else like the performance seems to be spectacular on the pixel watch 2 um like, from from Andrew's review, just this just seems like like I've written in um, my past editorial. Like this just seems this is what the Pixel Watch One should have been. Um, even if it's not a perfect smartwatch, it's uh, it sounds like a damn good one. Yeah, I agree. And I know um, some something that's really funny. Uh, so with the charger, right? A lot of people complained that you can't use the original Pixel Watch charger. It's not wireless. Um, the nice thing is it uses Fitbit chargers and something neither Andrew or I wanted to tell anybody when I shipped him the watch was I forgot to put the charger back in the box when I shipped it to him. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it, we'll say shipping took three days. I got like a day and a half in and I don't remember what I was looking for a cable or something. And I, I picked up this box, you know, this little cardboard thing with a charger. And I was like, what does this charger go to? And I'm looking at the pins and I went, oh no. Oh crap, I forgot to put the charger in the box. So I sent the picture to Andrew and I just said, I've made a terrible mistake. And he even put that in the review, which I thought was hilarious. But he got it and plugged it right into a Fitbit charger and it worked just fine, which is sweet. It's like Garmin stuff, right? Uh, yeah. And there, and, and you know, especially because there are reports that like the inbox charger has been like people have been having trouble with the in, like the 
the in-the-box charger with the Pixel Watch 2, I guess. Where some people, I guess, it's not, like, charging the watch or it'll charge it sometimes, but not, like, all the time. Um, and I guess, you know, from what, like, the reporters say, Google is somewhat aware of this problem. Um, and it's unclear if it's the charger or the watch, and it seems to be like it's the charger, but, again, not sure. But um, I haven't seen anything, like, talking about, like, the other chargers, like the Fitbit chargers, and, like, it, it, it mainly specifically just says it's the in-the-box in charger. So, like, I think that that's another good reason why, probably, that it uses the same charger as the Fitbit's. Because if your in-the-box charger isn't working, you know, and you have, you happen to have another Fitbit, like, charger around, then you could just slap it on that. Well, they got a couple years to sort it out. Doesn't the EU mandate go into effect for smartwatches, like, in 2025? <laughs> oh, God. Well, well, what are they trying to, are they doing anything for I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'd have to read. I know it, laptops and other devices. I'm not sure if wearable devices were covered there. I, I wrote about proprietary chargers a while back and, you know, talked to some analysts about it and whether or not they should mandate something universal. And it's just, it's very unlikely to happen, which is why I was surprised. And it's just, you can't mandate a company use a certain kind of charger because some companies will benefit more than others to have a certain shape inside the watch. Others won't be able to fit the same size charger to do the design that they want. And so that's why each company will do their own thing because they know what works for their own design and chip and everything else. So if I if we ever see a universal standard for that, I would be surprised. I'd be happy because I hate how I have 50 different types of chargers in my closet that all tangle together. Yeah, the way I see it, it's it's either got to work on a standard Qi wireless charger or give me USB-C port. Pick one. Or, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love USB-C, but I think it's, it might, I feel like it's a little too big for a smartwatch. Um, I mean, I would, I would be down with Qi. Uh, I would also be down if everyone just, like, just adopted the Fitbit, char or, sorry, the, the Fossil charger, because that, or at least the charging, whatever Fitbit, or, sorry, Fossil does for charging because again it charges so fast and like if everyone else like just adopted what it's it's like a ring thing with like little pins yeah it's two it's two rings with like four little pins on either side of the charger thing um but uh i love it like it just it's again it's super fast and if everyone just did that just you know, bot fossils, charging tech, whatever. Then <laughs> doesn't fast charging mess up battery life, which could be part of the reason why fossils don't last that long. Or am I wrong about that? I don't think that's the reason why fossils don't last that long. Um, it, it's just they they just don't put good enough batteries in their watches. Honestly, to answer your question though, yes, fast charging is hell on your battery, and and the a battery that tiny that's in your watch, you would see it within a year. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I wonder if, like, this level of fast charging affects it, like, like relative to, like, say, the one, a OnePlus, whatever, 10T with 150 watts. Yeah, charger. you could never do that. But what you're seeing, Derek, when you see a watch battery charge so fast, it's, they're, they're giving it, you know, right up to the edge of, this is going to harm the battery if we go any faster. And the battery's so tiny, it doesn't take long to charge it 
you know, 50% of a super small battery. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, Fossil just needs to figure out <laughs> just their battery life. <laughs> yes. So while I'm going to move on, while Andrew called this the Apple Watch for Android, there is a rumor or a leak. I'm not sure what to call this. There's a story from Bloomberg's a report, Mark German, a report, whatever, whatever we're going to call it. Derek over here with his proper lingo. Get out of here. When a bull eats a lot of straw and it comes out the other end, that's what I call all this stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, allegedly, Apple was working on making an Apple Watch for Android. It apparently was pulled at the last minute. I don't know what the last minute means, but, you know, we'll just say they didn't make the boxes for it yet when they decided not to make this. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got a bunch of them sitting in a warehouse covered with dust. And right. No box to put them in. That's it. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I almost feel like this could be legit, only because you know we have Apple Music and Apple TV, and and they do have some products or services that work on other platforms. Like, I use an Apple keyboard, despite the fact that I don't own any other Apple products. I like this keyboard for some very strange reason, and it works on my PC because it's Bluetooth. And I could see them doing something like this. For the sake of, I don't even know, because it, it, this doesn't have that many services on it. I mean, you don't pay for Apple Health, do you? Is there is there a Fitbit premium style subscription? There's Apple Fitness Plus, but that's specifically for <clears throat> like workout regimens or like training right. videos that are fun, but you don't need it for health. You still get that data for free, just like Samsung. Yeah, has. it's it's not the same type of thing that Fitbit does. I mean, I guess it is a subscription that people might you know, jump on if, if they really liked it. Um, and I don't know. I, I feel like, again, this could also work because I could see Apple going, yeah, you could use our products on other platforms, but um, we're, st we're still not going to allow you to use Wear OS watches on our platform. You're going to have to buy an Apple watch for that. So this, this feels like it, it still fits in with their MO of you got to buy our stuff if you want to play our game. See, I think the opposite. Yeah, I think if if you want to wear an Apple Watch so everybody can see you wearing an Apple Watch, you're going to need to buy our phone too. I think that is ultimately what they decided, but it's possible that at the start, because I, I don't think they were making an Apple Watch specifically for Android. They were just making it compatible with yeah, Android. Right, right. So they could have just said, well, we'll make an app. We'll make an app to get a few more sales for Android users. And then they decided, no, it's better to stick with our walled garden approach. And it works for them. I'm almost certain that Apple has at least thrown out the idea for all of their products to work with other platforms. You know, not not counting the phone. But, you know, I, I, it would be dumb for them not to. Uh, we'll take iMessage as another example. Yeah. There's definitely been talk somewhere about, let's release this for uh, Windows PCs and Android phones. And they've looked into it and saw how much money they could make. But then in the end, they decide it's more valuable to keep it. And this is probably another one of those where the idea was kicked around. They may have prototyped it and seen how it would work and hear the results and whatever. And then the people that count the money said, nah, we're going to keep it. Yeah, it's still surprising considering, you know, Avil's ongoing, you know, um, thing against like, <clears throat> supporting RCS and putting iMessage on Android or whatever. Um, 
it's surprising that they even considered this. It's it's funny how opposite we are with this. <laughs> I I think it could go either way, and maybe maybe that's the point is this is feasible, even if it was only feasible as somebody in a meeting went, Hey guys, what if? And then everyone else in the meeting went, Nope. Next. Yeah, and that's probably how it went. It's here, we, we did this to show how this would work and check it out. Here's our fancy presentation. And and then the people in the boardroom said, nah, we ain't doing that. Right. Well, the phrasing in the Android Authority article, canceled at the last minute, does seem to imply like someone let them get all the way to the this works phase and then they nixed it, which is interesting to say that, like, whether that's actually true or not. Um, I, I believe that, but I don't think that means what a lot of people believe it means. I don't think that means that somebody somewhere thought a product re- or a release for this was imminent. I believe that needed to be done to see how it would work so somebody could decide which makes us more money, keeping it or sharing it. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, <clears throat> you know... There are, like, for for instance, uh, this isn't just an Apple thing, because, like, Wear OS doesn't... A, mo- a lot of Wear OS watches don't work with iPhones. Um, of course, you have, like, the Fossil watches that do, um, but then you have, like, the Pixel watch and the Galaxy watch, which, from what I understand, don't work with They don't. IPhones. I-, I think anything Wear OS 3 doesn't, right? No, Fossil but, still does. Fossil does still support it? Okay. Galaxy watches used to up until they switched to Wear OS three, and then they just decided right. it wasn't worth it anymore. Yeah, I think Fossil is like some proprietary. Like I think it's their own thing that they do to support iOS. Yeah, I'm sure that they do it in in their app. Yeah, so like who knows if that's gonna continue with Wear OS four? But I think Fossil like I think Fossil is probably gonna continue that. But yeah, we'll see. I I they, I'll bet they do because it's. They know how many people with an iPhone use their product. The same as Samsung and Google knows. And Samsung and Google decided there's not enough users to justify working on this. And Fossil has said, hey, we want as many users as we can, so we're doing this. Yeah. And Fossil's more of like a, 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 a like, I don't want to call it like a fashion brand, but it's more. <laughs> it is. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's less of a tech brand and more of like a lifestyle you know, right. So, and that makes sense. I mean, and and Fossil is is a watch brand. You know, Google and Samsung they make a watch, but they're not known as being a watchmaker. Right, and and Fossil has a lot of well known fashion brands too that make smartwatches. You know, or they make them under the name. Yeah, and Fossil can't. You know, you can, Fossil like, <laughs> can't put Watch OS on their watches, so they went with Wear OS. Yeah, and I was always under the impression that um, iOS support was dropped in base Wear OS 3 because Apple uh, closes everything down so much that it's not worth really anybody even buying a Wear OS watch with an iPhone because it can't really do much, right? It's, it's essentially a glorified fitness tracker that you can customize watch faces on, right? I mean, it's, you, can, you can maybe see notifications, but you can't really do much with them. Your apps can't really talk. You know, it's it's very, very limited. And I don't think Apple was willing to open that. And, you know, because of that, it, it made more sense for them to drop support. Hey, that could be it, too. It's, you know, Apple's got a tight grip. 
just like Google does. But yeah, like just ending this topic, just would any of you have ever worn an Apple Watch if it actually worked properly with Android? No. <laughs> if it got all the same notifications as a, as a Pixel Watch or a Galaxy Watch? Because I hate the way an Apple Watch looks. I do not like square watches. I don't care who makes them. I don't like them. I don't want to wear it. I have a very specific <laughs> reason for saying no. And I've tried the, the one they just announced. A friend bought one. It wants to tell me to stand up. Mm-hmm. No matter what I do during setup, it reminds me to stand up. MFR, if if you are a a, a, a twenty <laughs> hundred billion dollar company, you can make it so that watch won't tell me to stand up. I know that's almost offensive. <laughs> it is. Oh. And Google's the same way. I don't want to get Google off the hook. Uh, Wear OS watches remind me to stand. Oh yeah, up. my my watch does that too. It's I don't I don't remember when that when that feature turned on on my watch, but it started doing it out of nowhere, and I'm like, what? Like, let me let me rest. It's more frustrating on the Apple Watch because I tell it I'm in a wheelchair during setup. It asks, so it knows. Why are you still telling me to stand up? I can't stand up. Please don't belittle me any more than I already frustrated about it. I, I hope that they add more stuff um, that that caters to other people other than just assuming, right? Like it, it would be nice to see them continue to add. And I know they, they added like the, the finger pinch thing and all that. So they're, I feel like they're slowly getting there. They are definitely right? moving in the right direction at a yes. better pace than Google and Samsung. I yeah, will give them that completely. As of now, you know, if, if, you're in a wheelchair they're they're not the brand for you yet they will be but what was the one you used was it garmin garmin they are the brand to use right now yeah garmin's implementation of that was incredible when you showed us that i was like oh my gosh this is what you were talking about this is what (laughs) i've been wanting yeah and and if i i don't you know if if anybody that's listening works at garmin i don't mean this in a bad way but if garmin can do that Apple definitely can do it and do it better. There you go. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come right back. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Indeed's streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data from the US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US's Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com ACP. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com ACP. Indeed.com ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alrighty. So... We're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about something interesting. This might be my favorite headline of the week. Thank you, Michael. Apple and Samsung lost market share to a phone brand you've never heard of. 
What was that phone brand? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm hoping that I. I don't exactly know. I've only read the name. I don't know how to pronounce it perfectly, but Transian. That's how I would have said Transi- it. Transion. That's what it looks like. I. I think I pronounce it Transion. Transion. Okay. I don't know. Like traction. Transion. All right. So we yes. just wanted to hear you say it. Be honest. <laughs> right. Tomato, tomato. So, uh, and specifically, they make. You may have heard of techno phones. I really hadn't until I read this report. Or it, Etel, Itel, or Infinix phones. I've heard of techno and Infinix, but not Itel. I didn't know Infinix made phones until I read this, but I've heard of that company. Yeah, we've reviewed um, <clears throat> Harish, I believe, and I think Jay as well have reviewed Infinix phones, and. Um, We've started Oops. reviewing techno. <laughs> I should yeah. read our website. Yeah, read our website, Michael. <laughs> Harish reviews a lot of phones that uh, most of us will never use and probably don't need to know about other than just having knowledge of the market, right? Like, you're living in the U.S., I'm not going to use an Infinix phone. I'm probably not even going to use a techno phone. And I reviewed one of these techno phones uh, last year that had this really cool color-changing back where it looked like a piece of artwork. Yeah, dude, that thing was so cool. Look, it, look, I can't remember the name of the artwork, but it's like a very, very modern piece of art. It's a bunch of squares that are a different color. Uh, when you bring it out in the sun, it gets really colorful, and it's it's just a really cool-looking phone. I don't know what you would do other than that. But, Did it know. actually change, or was it like that HTC red? No, no, it, it actually changed. So when, when you were like inside or at night, it was, it was like a very dull... It, the phone was white at the base, right? So it was mostly white. And then when you went outside and it caught the sunlight, it became like this almost sparkly, very vibrant hmm, color. That's pretty cool. It was cool. And, and I think Techno, um, I don't want to call them a gimmicky company because I don't think it's necessarily fair to them. But they have definitely used gimmicks in their marketing to get the attention of people. Um, like, you know, when they, when they launched their foldable phone, what, a month ago, two months ago? I don't remember what it was, Derek. That's the one with the round display on the front? Yes. That's cool looking. I, th- right. that, that is cool looking. And it's not necessarily a gimmick, but it is different, probably for the sake of being different. So do we call that a gimmick? I don't know. It, it makes headlines. Right, and and it's very polarizing. I, I loved it. Right, and the thing is, most of their stuff is cheap. Like that, that one's the Phantom V Flip, right? And that thing's 600 bucks for a foldable. Which changes <laughs> things. Yeah, I think the fact that, yeah, obviously we, we have started to review them, but I think the fact that Parish has started to review them is why we're actually hearing about them now because they are, they made their the name for themselves targeting like areas like Latin America, Africa, everywhere else. They've only just started moving into India and I am sure that the fact that they are really targeting their phones towards that country specifically is probably why we're seeing this boost in sales. And, you know, they're targeting, and, you know, and Harish is saying they're, they're pretty good. These are like three and a half star phones, but they're affordable. And that's really what seems to matter. But before we before we get into all of that, because you kind of went on a tangent about tension and techno, I like Michael. You should probably like 
give us a spiel of these numbers that we're seeing, like these uh, <laughs> these market share numbers, because uh, to give so better. We're not just assuming uh, <laughs> they've they've read and memorized everything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what? This is crazy talk. Okay, so the main thing here is there was a. Okay, now here's another word I don't don't know how to pronounce. Canalis? Canalis? I've heard Canalis. Canalis. Whatever. Uh, an, an analysis company called Canalis uh, reported on worldwide smartphone sales in Q3 2023, and the top five companies were Samsung, Apple, Xiaomi, Oppo, and Transion. And for the past, I went back and looked at every report from them for the past couple of years. And it's been Vivo in the five spot. Or maybe Huawei at, at various points. Huawei is also doing okay. I guess they're bouncing back. But um, Samsung, a, a year or two ago, was at 23%. Now they're down to 20 Uh Xiaomi is bouncing around. Oppo was high. I think they were at 12%. Now they're at 9%. Vivo, which is, you know, the similar BBK brand was higher and now they're lower. A lot of companies are losing market share. And it's interesting that the, the point made in the, in the report was that Samsung is fine selling fewer phones if it is making more money on those phones. So it's sort of seeding the market where it used to sell more A phones and letting other companies make these sales on cheaper devices. And that's leaving room for other companies to come in. And that is apparently where Transient is coming in and is jumped from like 5% of worldwide sales to 9%. And 9% is on par with these companies like Oppo that have been around forever. So it's a pretty big deal to, to see them on a similar level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sam Samsung's going the... Uh finally going the quality versus quantity route and that leads into what why i found this interesting it's uh transient got to five percent global sales by making cheap phones for emerging markets uh I, africa latin america there, there's billions of people that want a smartphone maybe can't afford to buy a samsung smartphone definitely can't afford an apple phone Transient jumped in there like Motorola tried to jump in there and didn't see as much success. And they got 5% of every phone sold in the world is a Transient phone. And it stayed that way for, you know, a couple years. They broke into India and their sales doubled. How sustainable is that? I think it depends on what their profit margins are. And that's that's the other thing I'd like to know. Yeah, especially because... on the, the flip. Like... Like right. phones like the Flip and the Fold, the Phantom V Flip, Phantom V Fold, because like though like the V Fold is like undercutting like pretty much every other foldable out there, um, every other big foldable, and the V Flip, you know, I I talk about how the the Motorola Razor Minus like is just so great. Well, it is for the U.S. because it's the cheapest foldable you can buy here, but the um, Phantom, the Techno Phantom V Flip is even cheaper. I think by like a hundred dollars. And so that that's pretty amazing. And I'm like, you know, like, especially for these emerging markets who are trying to get like, you know, the latest and great, not, not the latest and greatest, but like get into all this like new fancy tech, you know, the, the foldable flip phones and whatnot. Like 
that's an easy way in. At what point does it stop? I I don't want to generalize here, but people that want to buy the cheapest phone in a category are most likely the people that are going to keep it until it disintegrates. And they're not going to buy another phone anytime soon. Does this peak out or does Vivo step in and say, hey, we can make a phone that's not near as good and uses a, you know, MediaTek cheaper Helio processor or whatever and make a foldable phone and sell it for 600 bucks and we can gain market share too. And does it get super saturated? You know, that's a good question. I, the only reason that I don't think it will is because like, you know, everyone isn't going to buy a phone in the same year. Um, you know, a lot of people may bet buy a phone one year. A lot more people may buy a phone another year because people are holding onto the phones longer. Um, doesn't mean that there still aren't going to be phone sales every year. Um, and, you know, there are billions of people out there. There are like, you know, tons of people in India, Africa, Latin America, um, who may not buy a new phone this year. But there are still plenty of people in those regions who are still going to buy a phone this year and then plenty more people who are going to buy a phone next year. So, um, like, I, I think it's I feel like it's pretty sustainable if that's what you're focusing on, like it's kind of like. Like undercutting, but like at least having some sort of profit margin, I, I again, I don't know what 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 it is that they're doing. Maybe they're at, selling at a loss. Um, no, it's got to be profitable. Maybe they, they can't they I, can't double their market share and lose money on all of those products. Maybe I don't know because I, I I think in my mind I'm thinking like I think what was it the PlayStation Three that sold at a loss for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I, yeah again I don't know what they're doing to be able to sell a six hundred dollar foldable, but whatever it is I mean I guess it's working. I just find it really interesting and and I, I you know this is something that I pay attention to because I have no idea how they can maintain this level or grow or, or fail. So I'll keep an eye on it. I just wonder what everybody else thought because it's 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 amazing that they doubled, essentially doubled you know, it is. their market really share in, in six months. No, this feels like early 2010s where we had 45 different companies making phones and every quarter was, you know, so much change and market share went all over the place and it depended on who released what model and what price range and all that, right? Like it almost feels like we're repeating that again. It's it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, I just, so full disclosure, disclosure, when I was writing the article, I got a little bit of information from Wikipedia. I, I, am, I don't know how accurate exactly this is, but when I was reading about the company, I found it interesting that it mentioned that one of the ways they found success in Africa was because they calibrated certain features that would appeal to the folks there like they they made their camera exposures better suited for darker skin tones they made they focused on long battery life in case of blackouts they did they did support for keyboards for multiple african languages and they did dual sim functionality which is apparently popular because it's better to use more than one sim card to save money and that's a a popular use there so they're not just a company that apparent again i don't know how accurate this is it could just be you know stuff that is in favor of the company but 
in theory, they are doing a good job of making cheap phones that actually appeal to the markets they are targeting. And if they are able to do that in India, like they have in Africa, then they would be built for success. So that is where I see whether or not they'll succeed or fail is if they can do that. Yeah, that is smart. I think that's something, you know, a bigger brand like Motorola has sort of tried to do. And like, I've recently seen Motorola adopt, I think, what, like some Native American languages into their phones, which I don't think a lot of other phones have. So- Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, And so I think like Motorola is trying, but like, you know, because Motorola is such a, bigger company like via Lenovo um, I I think it doesn't quite like it isn't quite able to really do that kind of like customization and localization when it comes to like uh, the phones that they launch in various regions so it's 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 really smart that Transgen is doing that yeah it's a tried and true strategy I mean even way back when Blackberry did it for Indonesia's Indonesian's market indonesia's market so i mean if if it worked back then there's no reason it won't work now uh there's also no reason another company can't figure out a way to do it better than they they've done yeah i mean you know when i use my oppo find and flip one thing that i do not like i love that phone but um one thing i don't like about the cameras is that they'll default to like have all this like um, skin softening and making your eyes bigger and yeah, I can't. And, that's the market, and I know that's the market. Uh, so like, I can't really hate on that, but I just it's not for me. So I have to like, I have to constantly turn all that stuff off in like all the various different modes. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only like at least here like that's the only time I've seen sort of seen that kind of like localization. I guess for lack of a better word. Uh, was it what's Huawei's Honor Honor did that for a long time when they first were selling phones in the US the the camera just the pictures were so weird looking it's because they had all this stuff turned on that a lot of people in the world don't think it's weird looking they enjoy it so I know exactly what you mean and it's unsettling for people in the west but for people in the eastern part of the world that's what they enjoy So sticking with profits and market share and I guess sort of that uh, arena of things, I want to just quickly cover two topics at the end here. So the first one was, um, I'm sure you've heard of it by now, but T-Mobile was apparently trying to move some of its uh, legacy customers over to newer plans because um, as is the case with most carriers, they have plans that have not existed for years and, you know, they were swapped out for many different reasons, okay? For whatever the reason, though, they want people to move to these newer ones because they're more profitable, they're easier to manage, you know, whatever. They were trying to automatically move some customers to newer plans and they were doing a test and apparently the results of the test were very negative. Um, I know I would have been one of those people because I've been on T-Mobile for 15 years now. It might be 16 at this point. I don't remember. It's been a long time. I have a very old plan. I don't ever want to lose that plan. No, so, you've got the Android data plan. That's what I have too. And and I have five lines of unlimited all the things for like 120 bucks a month. Yeah, I will see, never get rid of this plan as long as I live. I, I have a single a single line 
for that same plan only costs 30 bucks. Yes. They will have to pry it from my dead fingers. Exactly. And they were trying to. I know. But apparently enough people got pissed off. And in their latest earnings call, they said, yeah, maybe we're not going to piss off our most loyal customers. And we're just going to leave them alone and try to get more people to jump on our service. Which is smart because even I live out in the middle of nowhere. And <laughs> right. AT&T works better than T-Mobile does. And if T-Mobile wants to act like AT&T, I'm just going to move. Yeah, you get you get the one with the better service or right. speeds or whatever. And sort of similarly... YouTube is now trying to block people from blocking ads. So they they have done this in the past. They are ramping up efforts to do it more now. Um, Essentially, if you are using an ad blocker and you try to watch a YouTube video and you are not a YouTube premium subscriber, you will get a nice little message that says, either subscribe to YouTube premium or go take a hike. (laughs) It's essentially it, right? So we're kind of looking at similar things where these companies are finding either people who are holding on to the really old plans, they're trying to get around ways of, of you know, these companies making money off of you in different ways, right? And I, I don't know, I, I thought it was interesting as, as well as them hiking up prices for YouTube Premium. I so. can't get mad at Google <laughs> because they do offer a way you can subscribe without ads. Having said that, boy, was this dumb. This is stupid, Google. You jack the price up and you make it so you either have to watch horrible, stupid ads for Clash of Clans and all this other crap that you're never going to want, or you pay even more money. And this was just like Disney and Netflix, who both cracked down on pasture sharing, which, you know, I'm fine with. I get it. You come up with this streaming service, you pay gazillions of dollars for these shows to make sure people still want to keep subscribing, right? You need to make money off of that. I, I understand that. So you, you crack down on pasture sharing, fine. But then to go and raise the price again on top of doing that, it's like, come on. It's just so crappy. I will say with T-Mobile, like it's it's so hard to keep track of T-Mobile's new plans. Like I think that's by design. I, like, yeah, because I, I, I feel like it's every year they come out with, oh, we have this new thing now. Like, I, I, um, I'm on what is it, Magenta, and they had like Magenta, Magenta Max, and then the following, like I think the year before they had like T-Mobile One or something, and then after that, now they have um, like Go Five G or something, and then yeah, like Go Plus Five G Hyper Extra. Yeah, championship um, and fighting. I edition. just and I'm like, what is like, what is the difference from this plan? I can't get on my plan. Oh, no. I was looking at the differences between these, and I'm like, I mean, this kind of looks like the plan I'm on now, but it's a little more money, and it includes Netflix. I mean, yeah, I, I have the Netflix thing, which I like, but, like, I think one of them, had, like, includes Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I know mine did for, like, a little while, but it was only limited. And it's just it's so confusing, and that's why, like, when I saw this news, I was like, well, okay, what but what's the what's the difference like i like maybe i'll pay a little more i'm i'm not complaining too much about that but i just i i just don't get it like can can, I, can we can t-mobile can you just calm down and then with with youtube i mean ugh, i pay for youtube premium i love youtube premium because i take advantage of youtube music i 
don't have a problem with like them blocking ad blockers because I, you know, again, I pay for YouTube premium, but it is annoying when I have to like watch someone else's YouTube and they don't have, and they don't have YouTube premium and they have ads. I'm just like, bro, can you just pay for it? Like, come on. It's, it's painful. <laughs> and, and I know for me, you know, again, I don't mind price hikes when they're necessary and I don't mind them blocking ad blockers or whatever, because, you know, like they say, it's part of a healthy ecosystem. They got to pay these people who make the videos somehow, right? The money just doesn't come out of thin air. It doesn't grow on trees. Um, and, and subscribing to premium actually gives creators more money when you have that. So there's, there's an incentive for several reasons to subscribe for premium. But I know for me, I've been getting annoyed recently because I told you about this uh, the other day where recently when I'm streaming music down in my basement and my basement office and my wife is upstairs streaming music on our Google home display, it will constantly kick us off. Oh, It'll, record like, labels won't allow that. Yeah. Well, that's also because you're using the same account. <laughs> yes. We're, we're using the same account, but it is a family account. And I just, I think I have to set it up. Yeah. Cause on the family account, she has to use her own Google account. Right. For it to work properly. Right. And that's the thing. Like we have a family account, but we just, you know, you did a little account picker and swipe it down and it just makes it easier because we have a gazillion songs and a gazillion playlists and all this stuff. And I've just never bothered to do anything different with it, even though it's a family account, even though we're all on it. So if you're using the same account, you can't stream on multiple devices, which has never been a problem until the last, I don't know, month. You all are so understanding and kind to companies. You all are like, oh, it's just you got to use them the right way and they got to pay people. And, you know, that's just how it should be. I I'm teasing. I, I understand all your points. I just think T-Mobile stuff is entirely about saying, OK, fine, we're profitable. But how can we make our things more profitable for our shareholders? And <laughs> YouTube, you know, they are using the same metric for raising the prices that they're just looking at every other company like Netflix and Disney Plus raising their rates by a dollar and saying, oh, we can do that too. Oh no, I still think the YouTube thing is dumb too because <laughs> like, the, because the fact that you're now blocking these app blockers will force people to pay for the premium. So why why even bother raising the price? Like you're gonna get more people on it. So come on, like, you know, calm down. Well, like what one it's thing gonna at a time. do is force somebody to find a new way to build a different ad blocker that works. That's what the effect is gonna be, YouTube. You know this. This and I, I want to end it with this, but this is like the DRM conversation on <clears throat> like the PC gaming side, where you know you'll buy a game off of Steam or something and you install it, and then you got to install a third-party DRM solution, and it doesn't work half the time. And then people go, "Well, I'm just going to pirate the stupid game. Screw you guys." And it's like, okay, you you have to you have to weigh these things. I feel like these companies don't properly weigh and test things. They just go. We got them wrapped around our finger. They're screwed. They got to pay the extra t 2 or $3 a month. They don't have another choice. We're just going to do it. And that's what it feels like Netflix does most of the time is, what streaming service are you going to go to? Disney? Psh, yeah, you'll come back in a month. <laughs> like, Netflix, record labels, movie studios, uh, they, they, it's this big circle where everybody's trying to eat each other to get the most out of anything. And in the end, it's us that has to pay. And it's the actors that have to pay, and that's why they're still on strike. Good.
Keep striking. As they should be. As they should Keep be. Keep striking yes. until my Netflix price goes down. Exactly. Please. Yeah. I mean, if Netflix is going to be making all this money, then yeah, they better pay the actors. I'm fine with either either paying more money or getting things on every device I want. I don't want them to be raising the price and saying Nick can't stream in two rooms with his family plan. Like you, you need to just let sharing happen if you're going to charge more money. Don't charge more money and say no sharing. That's absurd to and, me. And you would think a company like Google could figure that out on the back end. Nick's wife has her own account. Nick has his own account. They're paying the premium for the family plan. That's something that all should be worked out in the back without Nick's wife having to go in and pick the right account so she can play music upstairs. Yep, it's goofy. With that, we'll call it. And we'll do our little uh, fun segment at the end, What Made You Happy This Week. So who wants to go first? I'll go last since I'm the host, and I think that's how we're supposed to do it, right? Isn't that, isn't that the way it works? It's the way Shruthi always does it. Somebody else go. <laughs> I, I can go. Um, so recently, my mom went on a trip to go visit family on the other side of the country, and my dad doesn't really travel much anymore, so I just drove down home and spent the week with my dad, and it was just a really nice time. We went on trips together, we watched some sports and playoffs together and went to restaurants and just it was nice i i see him when i can but or my parents when i can but it's just really special to have gotten to spend time with him um in between writing all of these articles just getting to hang out with my dad so i just enjoyed that a lot i love that that's wholesome that's that is mine's less wholesome <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait my neighbor across the street has two twin boys, and they're 11. And what was it? Just, I don't know if it was, no, i got to look at the calendar. A couple days ago for Halloween, uh, one of them come over and knocked on the door. And I answer the door, and it's the kid without the dad. And I'm like, what's going on? Mr. Hildenbrand, he called me that. Can I borrow your wheelchair? And I'm like, What? He's like, I would like to borrow your wheelchair. And I'm like, well, you got to tell me what for. Because, you know, I, I do have an extra one, but I need to know what for. Well, my brother and I are going trick-or-treating as Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan. Oh. Instantly gave the kid oh. the wheelchair. <laughs> I'm like, you got to come to my house. I'm like, oh, yes. So but you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yes. And, and, and it, you know, it was just funny. Just, just amazing. <laughs> that is, that is great. Oh, that's phenomenal. Thank you. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have anything. I think, I mean, one thing I was excited about yesterday is that um, I found pumpkin spice Twinkies. Yes. How were they? <laughs> they're actually, they're not bad. I. They, they sound good. Like, like I might actually eat that. Like I'm a big pumpkin spice lover and but like some pumpkin spice things like aren't that great Ooh, it's awful yep um but these i, I give i give a solid 7.5 um just because it's like the right amount of like twinkie versus pumpkin spice like it's 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 good <laughs> I, I never thought i'd hear that sentence ever in my life <laughs> <laughs> well, you, <laughs> gotta get some surprises in your exactly. life Jerry, right? <laughs> i recommend them Oh, uh, that's great. I love it. You know, it. now I got to try them. This podcast is so sponsored hate by them. Pumpkin Spice Twinkies. <laughs> yes. I, 
you know what? You can send me a box of pumpkin spice Twinkies. Twinkie, whatever, whatever company makes those things. Go ahead, I'm, I'll take them. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, I think I'll go with Halloween too, because Halloween was really fun. So this year we actually trick-or-treated in our neighborhood, which we have not done. Uh, the previous neighborhood we lived in was just so good that we always went back there and hung out with friends. And this year we decided not to. It was just too much of a hassle. So we tried our neighborhood. And um, at first it was disappointing, especially because my wife put so much work into our costumes. We dressed up as Naruto characters. Which was great. And yeah, oh my gosh, our costumes were Oh, they were so good. And your son is adorable. We want to go to uh, like Comic-Con or something and and reuse them. Do it. Oh, we will. But but I digress. Like the first 45 minutes of walking around was a little depressing because like almost no houses participated, which is one of the reasons we always went to the old neighborhood. But then as we got past um, uh, dusk and it got dark outside, it's it's like everybody in the neighborhood who was passing out candy was like, yeah, we're not getting anybody. Let's just give all the candy to whoever shows up. So every door we got to, my son got like two adult-sized handfuls of candy. <laughs> so all it was it was him and two other friends, and we I mean even the adults like they they were, they were like yeah come come on everybody was calling us over and giving us candy too like they were just trying to get rid of all their candy so we made out like bandits. <laughs> so I'm gonna just quickly piggyback on your story. I, I heard we don't get any trick or treaters around here, but my parents told me. So they had one kid come up who didn't know that you're supposed to say trick or treat. So when they opened the door, he just shouted, it's Halloween. And that's what he thought would get him candy, which was adorable. That's adorable. And then right after that, this group of like 10 little like first graders showed up and they just all swarmed into my parents' house without being invited. They were so excited, like, oh, my God, can we have some candy? And they come in. Like, oh, your house is so nice. <laughs> They're like <laughs> going upstairs, in. like, ooh, what's this? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and then they left. So I thought that was very cute. <laughs> Derek, I, I just looked at a picture of a pumpkin pumpkin spice Twinkie. Man, they totally should have left that cream not that color. Yeah, it's a little uh, weird. I've got a real problem with that. <laughs> I gotta look it up now. It's a, it's, it's it's brown. It, no, it's not brown. It's like it's like a I don't know what color it is. It could. I know they made banana Twinkies. I don't know if they still make them, but it was white instead of yellow. This is like an off-white, kind of like a pinkish. I don't yeah, know. It's supposed to be orange. I think. To it me. looks like pumpkin spice to me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but that just doesn't look right <laughs> inside a Twinkie. <laughs> they also make a spooky one. What? What's a what's a spooky Twinkie? I gotta look. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm chocolate the... cake and cream filled. I don't know why that's spooky, but sure. Is it devil's food? I don't know. It won't let me click on the picture to make it any bigger. This is AC podcast, everyone. <laughs> post, post this. Your website needs some work. <laughs> don't insult our right. sponsor. <laughs> hey, you know what? Whatever. All right, but I think we're done. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. That you guys brown rock. Twinkie looks like a rock. It looks like one of those stones you can buy at Bed Bath and Beyond to like scrub your feet with. It looks like a lava stone. All right, we we seriously should talk about this afterwards. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. You all are amazing, best listeners of all time. Appreciate you reading the website. You can check us all out on whatever social media you're on these days. Whatever the person running it feels like calling it today, 
We'll be there. Don't worry. Thanks for listening. See you later.